Welcome to Beat Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies days gone by. Mostly ignore it. Look at the ones that come out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London. Uh, I'm out here with my man Sam. Sam, say hi to the people. Hello, people. How you doing? And uh, we also have a uh, very special guest. Um, we um, have actually uh, the most famous person to um, the most successful person in any form of life <laughs> be on this podcast. My man, Tim. Tim Renkow. Is it Renkow? Renko? I have never said it out loud. Whatever you want, big boy. Oh, my God. This guy. <laughs> This is, good. this is the first uh, Me Too moment of the entire. <laughs> I feel uh, very lecherous, Tim. Feeling mm. very frisky. <laughs> Horned up. Horned up as we speak to him. Is um, this the instant cancel of the podcast? Hey, do, uh, mm. please, Tim, can you... Uh, don't jump ahead to the thing. Like, please follow the, the actual rules um sorry guys we watched two movies uh uh we watched two movies that came out on the exact same day the movies that we have this time around we have seven and mm. um we have the uh bomb of the cinch um showgirls by mm. uh paul verhoeven uh one of our faves um <laughs> let's start with seven let's start with seven mm. uh tim introduce yourself to the people first and foremost and then secondly tell us why you fucks with seven yeah, my name's Tim. Uh, I kind of just bullshit my way to get to write stuff. And then I write it. <laughs> That's my job description. It's professional bullshit. I, I really, really like Seven. Mm. Uh, but I never want to see it again. <laughs> That's a good... Summary for anyone who's never seen Seven. I this is probably the fifth time I've seen the movie, and every time it gets harder to watch. I guys, I'm I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna say the real thing. This is my first time ever watching Seven. Um, now, have I lied about seeing Seven? Loads of times. Um, sometimes even when Seven's not in the conversation, um, we're talking about a different movie or. You know, if we went to a restaurant, I'd be like, oh, by the way, Seven, that was a good movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pathological, it's a problem. <laughs> but um, I watched it this time around. It was very good, man. This yeah. this energy of this of this movie is just fantastic. Sam? Okay, I'm going to run us through it super quick, right? We've got Morgan Freeman, veteran cop, loves to read. Rookie, hot-headed cop, Brad Pitt joins the force. First day on the job, there's a, a dead body and a serial killer about to let loose. And then it's just the worst version of seven murders over two hours until the mystery is solved. There's no active violence in the movie. Like, it's, a, it's almost, apart from one scene, it's almost a completely, like, non-violent movie. It's just watching corpses get picked up but like in the worst in the worst way I'm, I'm gonna have to ask both of you what was your worst sit what was the one that fucked you up the most so like the the, the obviously like core premise of this joint is that there's murder these murders are being committed according to the seven deadly sins um of which um if i had to pick one my favorite one if i had to say i feel like gluttony shouldn't even be in there um <laughs> 
Gluttony is the dumbest of all. Uh, oh, dude, you had too much KFC. It's like, oh, it's on site. That's the worst of all the sins. The sin, not hot. Not hot, people. <laughs> the sin isn't hot at all. Um, envy, pretty bad. Pride, I'm like, come on, dude. Like, that's reaching. I think that was the seventh sin. Named. <laughs> was, yeah. The sixth was gluttony. The seventh was pride. <laughs> um but yeah my the the one where they starved the dude mm. is the one where i was like the the level because it's like one of those pranks from the u.s office where in punishing the person you have to punish yourself like <laughs> you, you have to like be there on time every week <laughs> to feed this dude like this this is such a commitment <laughs> for you like mm. not even to the sin that this guy committed also, you have to spend again, like going through this scene. This is where it's sloth, right? So the way, the way he's killed sloth is he's like been slowly injecting him with heroin and starving him, feeding him just enough to live over the course of a year, right? And then when they when they first bust into the crime scene, there's so many air fresheners. He's just put air fresheners over every inch of the ceiling, and I feel like. That's the most expensive murder. Just the like the air freshener cost alone is like every two weeks having to go and buy three hundred fucking air fresheners to hang up on the ceiling. Who didn't Tim, call the cops at some point in that year? Is what I'm saying. Tim, again, another long running entry in Sam trying to guess the price of <laughs> of very affordable items. I'm sure that's like NP uh, air freshener. Sam's sc- pausing the screen, going. 10, 20, 30. It's at least five pounds worth of air freshener or something. This is, right, this is why you're not thinking about it, right? Is because if you go into one store repeatedly buying like air fresheners by the hundreds and the clerk isn't going, oh yeah, this, this dude has fucking killed a dude, right? 100% this dude has buried somebody in his basement. You're, you got to factor in the cost of public transport getting to different stores to make sure that you don't buy air fresheners from the same place. You know what's really funny? He hasn't even taken into account the price of the heroin. Seems like that's where the cost is. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. This is my struggle. Every every we can never move forward past any sort of film analysis. Because fucking Sam is over here pocket watching. Keeping, keeping, keeping tab, a running cost of all of the all of the expenditures. I I can totally imagine Sam being Kevin's basement <laughs> and just yelling at the guy for making him spend so much money. <laughs> That's the what? sin. They're all greed. They're all greed all to greed. me. You know what? It's like one of the cool little character moments is um. Uh, Morgan Freeman has a hat. He like <laughs> protects himself from the rain. And Brad Pitt's such a young buck stallion, fucking rookie, raw as fuck. Doesn't give a shit. He's just fucking running in the rain. Like didn't mm. even have an umbrella or a coat or nothing. But like that tells you like everything you need to know about these two characters. Mm. It's like the one guy's like studied and thinks about these things, and the other dude's is like, yo, let me like fight off a chest infection. Like I'm good. <laughs> It was also cool that, like, in movie language, when the rain stops, that's normally when stuff gets good. But in mm. this one, when the rain stops, shit was going to hell. Mm. 
That's the thing. It's it's literally raining for every second of the movie right up until the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, oh, wait, Tim, you never answered. What, what sin, what murder was that you were most disturbed? Well, it's, it's funny that thing about gluttony because I, I agree with Lincoln. But like, there's a lot of shit in the Bible that's like sometimes... They didn't like it because it was bad, like killing people. But there's some, but there's some stuff in there that they obviously someone just found annoying. <laughs> so they also included that. Um, I mean the the, the fucking the lust mm. was gross. I feel yeah. like that's the obvious answer. What was lust again? It was the woman. It, it was, was the um the it was dude the suit. It was the gimp suit. But because mm. the idea that the guy could have said no, I'm not doing it, mm. but he still did it. Got yeah. What else about seven that I like also heavy fucked with? Um, is I I read up about this. Apparently, um, when in the marketing for the movie when it came out. Uh, that no one knew that Kevin Spacey was involved, mm. and um, so when he showed up at the end, everyone's just like, "What? What? Mm. Like that's that would be so difficult to do now to just yeah. keep like a big a big star. This is also like pre-internet when like nothing leaked and like no one sent an email. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was very difficult to fucking do. This this is, was fucked because I the first time I saw this movie I was like a, a young teen. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was before I was fifteen, and I, I feel like I have this weird set because I clocked Kevin Spacey when he was the journalist on the stairs. There's a scene where you don't ever see his face, but you see enough of his nose, and I remember being like, "That dude looks like Kevin Spacey." And then it, and then it was, and it happened a second time. Have you ever seen the film? Uh, I think it's called... I can't remember what it's called. Have you seen the Nicolas Cage film about snuff movies? Eight millimeters. Eight millimeters, yeah. And uh, Also, I haven't seen it. I just know that that's, that's the one. But, but you say you do. Yeah, all the time. All the time. <laughs> to people that um, have never even heard of it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sickness. It's a sickness. Actually, little known fact, it's a prequel to Eight Mile... <laughs> true story true story mm. but sorry sam you were saying about some other shit <laughs> yeah i was saying <laughs> there was a guy there's a in eight millimeter one of the the villains henchmen is just a guy in a gimp suit through the whole movie and i was watching this with a friend and i was like i'm telling you man that guy's eyes and body type it's frank sabotka from the wire and then, and then at the end, he pulls the mask off. It's fucking Frank Sabotka from the wire. I was like, shouts no way. Frank, Frank Sabotka. Shouts mm. to shouts to all of season two. Underrated and overrated at the same time. Mm. Um, so, uh, so okay. So both of you knew the twist. Did you feel like that spoiled your enjoyment of the movie at all? I don't think so. I think it would have been a great gut punch if it if it did. I am. Mm. Can I tell you what was a twist that I did not know? is I did not know that Kevin Spacey turns himself in. That's the mm. that's the moment where I was like, what? The, like this, it com- I've never seen it before. It completely undercuts the entire like momentum of the the whole thing and the kind of who done it style. Mm. 
the guy just walks into the i've never seen that before in a movie and it um it was like jarred mm. and so like for the rest of it it kind of i was like kind of swimming in in the back of that the one thing that bothered me about the ending was like he's a cop that killed somebody we all know he's gonna be fine yeah that's true 100 <laughs> percent, my dude this is the lead like who's convicting this guy who is convicting Brad? By the way, Brad Pitt's fucking my so dude. good, beautiful. Mm. What a yeah. beautiful, beautiful face. So beautiful, in fact, that I don't <laughs> believe him as anything. <laughs> I was like, this guy is not in the force. He's not taking the taking tests and being <laughs> unsafe. Like this guy is not of us. Mm. He's like floating around the rest of us, getting doors open for him all over the place. I don't believe for a second <laughs> that Brad Pitt is a struggling cop. He's like, <laughs> He like lives in the house from Annie Hall, like just under underneath the subway thing. Like, I don't believe that for a moment. Also, want to say quick shout out to did you guys spot who plays the district attorney? Richard Roundtree. Yeah, oh, fucking Shaft. Shaft, yeah. Because I knew I knew him, mm. but I couldn't figure out where he is old now. Yeah, he's old. I thought he, I thought he was dead. I thought, you know, I killed him in my mind. Yeah. There's certain people where I was just like, I've already murdered him mentally. Um, <laughs> not even he's died; he's been murdered. <laughs> like he's been, someone murdered him. Um, but dude, I want to talk about. I, I think we should move on to um, showgirls, which is what we're here for today, guys. Yeah. Now, just a little background about showgirls. Uh, came out on the same day. Um, uh, directed by the great. One of the great directors, Paul Verhoeven, in in my opinion. Um, why are you laughing at that? The guy's a G. Okay, it's well. I'll let you talk about the movie first before we get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I want some cards um, on the table. Okay, so Showgirls um, uh, tracks the story of um, I think her name is uh, Nomi, mm-hmm. played by um, Elizabeth Berkeley. And um, it kind of charts her journey of moving to Vegas and trying to become a showgirl uh, in a big, uh, topless um, Las Vegas show. Mm. And um, from there on in, it's basically like uh, like Black Swan or something. I don't know. Like, there's obviously a, a head dancer and she tries to supplant her. And it's basically like her trying to find her way through this. It's a look at this kind of culture, this Vegas show culture and the cutthroat world of the behind the scenes uh, the behind the scenes <laughs> politics of topless dancing and mm. um and the show and i'll put my cards on the table i love a um i think he's one of the great like socially like the, the his move like the projects of his movies like cr- incredibly subversive for me showgirls is not nearly as bad as people make out to be like this is a bomb but it's also not nearly as camp to be like, this is a a cult classic. I don't get it. All right, I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna jump in and quickly Go and say, yeah, I agree with you. It's not camp enough to be a cult classic and to be held in the sort of the cult fame as it kind of almost was. But I will say, every almost everything in this film. I can say, well, they tried, except for the writing. I'm like, this is the most fucking garbage script of any movie coming close to what the subject matter is I've ever seen. It's so bad. 
Tim, pull your dick up. Put it on the table. What do you think? Happily, I've been waiting so long to say that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I, I just want to say, what what day did this movie come What day did these movies come out? Yeah, slight disclaimer for the whole episode is Showgirls had actually done the festival circuit for like eight months before it actually got a cinema release. But I want to say it was like September 25th. 1995. Because I, I feel like the day these two movies came out is the darkest day <laughs> in cinema history. The problem with the writing I find is that the writer doesn't know how jobs work. <laughs> like, everyone that gets a job shouldn't get that job. And everyone that doesn't get that job should have got the job. Mm. It's a really nuts. I mean, I also like, I really like, <laughs> there's two types of actors in that this movie. There's one, like the, um, the bad lady. Gina Gershon. Yeah, who's like, all right, this is, this is insane. Mm. It's fun. I'm gonna have fun with it. Mm. And then there's like Elizabeth Banks who's going. Hey, I wanna I wanna step in there and say Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. <laughs> then there's Elizabeth Berkeley who's going. This is gonna be my ticket out of Saved at the Bell. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I felt really bad for her in in certain. I, can I also say though, like, they, I do like I like the direction of the movie. I like the way it looks. I like um I like loads of like the choices, um and there is a part of me that is like compelled by the story, um because because this movie is also um because it's Verhoeven and Verhoeven makes all of these like allegory. I read something that was really interesting. It's like so Robocop is the satire of like. 80s Reagan America uh, capitalism and how it's like it'll all lead to the fall. Starship Troopers, for example. Uh, so is so is Total Recall, by the way. Mm. Um, and Starship Troopers is this, like insane like um, uh, critique of fascism, in, um, but like set in fighting fucking space. Uh, yeah, it's in space. It's insane. But both all three of those movies use like hyper violence. To mm. critique the society, Showgirls uses like extreme sexuality to critique what it's trying to critique, and that's like and Americans can't take it. Like Americans can take people like being deaded and being shot and stuff, but like hypersexuality, like they they'll kick out. They'll be like, nah, "I'm good. This is mm. too much. It's like one too many titties <laughs> for me to see." Yeah, well, but this is the interesting thing about Showgirls. Showgirls has hypersexuality. And it's this has to be like the raunchiest movie ever to hit like wide release, right? There's everything except for full penis in the movie, which is something we talk about, and there is no penis in this where there should Shocking. be loads. Um, there was actually even a spot where there should have been a penis. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Carl McLaughlin has sex with Elizabeth Berkeley in the pool. That was a, that I I found that upsetting. That there's no famous. It was mm. honestly as bad as anything we saw in Seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the sex in a pool, which is not good. 
which is not good at all and also elizabeth berkeley like basically like crumping on this dude. it's so rough it's so weird man his whole frenulum is snapped in half like that was <laughs> terrible also where they decide to have sex she is literally giving herself a chinese torture treatment with the water droplets. Just well, yeah, but like loads at the head. same time. Yeah, it's like waterboarding herself. <laughs> Why are you doing this thing? You can literally move five inches either way. Um, I have to say, so I, I also have to say, so grow, obviously growing up, growing up in London, being the being the one of us that grew up in London, right, or in England, was Channel 5 was where this movie was always on as a kid. This was the thing where it was like, post-Watershed, they can legally show boobs. And I remember as a kid watching this movie late night on Channel 5, and I, I watched this one with my partner this time, and I said, look, you can you don't have to stick around and watch this. This is kind of an ordeal. Uh, and I was like, and she was like, why? And I was like, this movie, I feel like as a child, put me off sex. I feel like yeah. this was the thing that put me off like being a horny kid. <laughs> and she and she watched the first 20 minutes and was like why and then she watched the next two hours and was like i get it yeah i do think also like one of the things can i tell you what i also really like I, this is classic verhoeven stuff right is um he's kind of like parading like the, or critiquing this idea of elizabeth berkeley doesn't want to be called a whore because um she used to be a prostitute and um it's like a big triggering word for her and um but my, but she also like she wants to partake in this showgirls topless um topless show it's like oh by the way my favorite part about it is that this looks like a fucking awful show it's the most bad taste um schlocky um showbiz show that you will ever see it's like okay these girls are like they're gonna get their titties out but um, there's also this weird kind of like sci-fi creationist myth where like I'm where like the and every, as everyone points out it's like the, why don't you just go to the strip club and just why do you need all of this art but like, that's what she wants but she wants the um she wants the recognition she doesn't really care about how she she gets it and like that's the part that's like really funny to me is that like this is a fucking garbage show awful. I will say this is this movie has some of the most hilariously bad writing I've seen in a long mm. time. My favorite scene is where um, Gina Gershon takes her to dinner. Takes lunch. her to dinner, yeah. And then uh, Gina Gershon says, uh, uh, "Do you like your tits?" You have great tits. They're really beautiful. Thank you. I like nice tits. <laughs> I always have. How about you? I like having nice tits. How do you like having them? What do you mean? You know what I mean. I like having them in a nice dress. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, by the way, a conversation that no woman has ever had. I it's, I, women don't talk this way to each other. Like this is like a dude's idea of like what do what do chicks say to each other? And it's like I like my tits. And then she <laughs> says, in quote, like verbatim, she says, "I like my tits in a dress." I like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's so true. It's the it's the most bizarre fucking engagement. And the thing is, it's like this is, uh, you, and it's how you could tell it was written by. It's like they're trying to build sexual tension under the idea that women would be attracted to other women because they're attracted to themselves, but they can't like rub up against the mirror correctly. And it's just. What? It's really funny, man. Just like, um, does this movie? Uh, this is a dumb question. I don't know. It doesn't connect to anything. But this movie, does it pass the Bechdel test? Is that? Can we ask that question? I don't think it does. You don't think it does? I, because the only time they not talk. Well, I guess they only said dog food conversation. Mm, they Do had dog food. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is not in the Bechdel. It's not in the Beckham test, but I feel like it should. Yeah. <laughs> if two women talk about men or eating dog food, <laughs> Oh my god! Some little things that I that I am a am a fan of. I will also say, uh, all of the girls, fair play to them. They put in all the effort. Like everyone dances to the hilt. I don't think Elizabeth Berkeley is a very good dancer. Mm. I don't think she is, man. It's and this is a this is a problem. Sorry, Sam. That like certain movies have like this is why I had to stop watching. Um, what's the the black TV show in New York? Uh, Empire. Mm. I had to stop watching that. It's because the movie decides when um, Elizabeth Berkeley is doing a good performance. Mm -hmm. But for me, there's no difference between any of her performances. Like mm -hmm. all of them look exactly the same. I've, yeah. I have no idea. But the movie's like, oh no, this was actually really good. So yeah. therefore, now it is good. So in school, I was always put like in the special needs class, you know. And there's there's a very specific type of dancing that I've only seen Elizabeth Berkeley and seriously mentally ill people <laughs> do like she dances like she needs help. It's a very aggressive form of dancing. It's a lot, my dude. It's like have you I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Tim. Have you ever been daggered? Um, you're on the you're in the club, you know, you're dancing, whatever, you're having a good time. Girl comes up, grinds up against you. Whoa, it's on. You know, it's whatever, it's good, we're vibing. But then she's too strong for you. <laughs> and, you and you can't your core strength is not good yeah. enough. And yeah. she back she backs up into you, you're catching a wine, but the wine's yeah. too strong. The wine is too strong. I've Next thing you know, people are like, What are you doing, pussy boy? Like and then you look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I've, Look, I'm not saying it's happened to me, but it it has. I've so. literally been knocked over at the club. <laughs> this is a PSA. Um, I'm coming out. Uh, a lot of people say I don't take any stands in my podcast. I'm using my platform. <laughs> Stop making these wines so goddamn strong. <laughs> All right. If people want to catch wines and still be able to, you know, pick up their children later in the day. Stop <laughs> blowing people's back out. <laughs> on a wine thank you very much this has been a public service announcement approved by <laughs> b-plot industries because dude can you imagine because there's that scene oh man oh my god it was a great scene uh when the uh harold perrineau Jace 
is introduced when the father from Lost is introduced <laughs> into the movie um, in a uh, club scene where mm-hmm. Elizabeth Berkeley goes and she goes dancing with her mate. Some of the worst dancing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the guy's a bouncer at the club. You know what's wild is he goes to dance with her. But in my head, I'm like, this is incredibly unprofessional. Like, I've never seen <laughs> such a flagrant um, forsaking of duties as a bouncer, just like turning around and being like, you know what? Let me just, let me just fucking two-step for a second <laughs> in a club. Yeah. And it, he loses the job. As he should. As he should. Mm. That's unprofessional, dude. You can't be a bouncer. And show up on the... Cl- oh, come on, dude. Also, he, he's, like, wild skinny. Like, he's I feel like I could play Yeah, him. that's what I was about to say. He's the tiniest fucking bouncer I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And then, next day, gets a fucking job as a porter at the hotel, and then is trying to get with Elizabeth Berkeley again, and refuses to do his job and gets fired. And I was like, this character... Okay, this guy is... Apart from most all of the women in the movie is the worst written dude, right? Because his his journey is desperately trying to trick girls into having sex with him so that he can put them in this dance for this song he's written. Uh, when Elizabeth Berkeley gets out and has success, he moves on to the, the next lady at the strip club who, who doesn't want to work at the strip club anymore. Uh, and remember his final scene, really in the movie is is when when uh elizabeth berkeley goes to the club to check out his awful dance right just this terrible thing the crowd's booing and heckling they basically get played off and then that woman hope that he was dancing with uh, or having sex with and then dancing with um who turns out to be his now fiance because she's pregnant they get off stage and he goes um she goes oh can i get you anything he's like yeah get me a beer bitch and then he turns around to Elizabeth Berkeley and was like, anyway, how you doing? Like, as if, <laughs> as if that's totally normal behavior. And then goes, yeah, I'm getting married. And she's like, do you love her? And he's like, I don't know. And it's like, well, maybe find out before you say, hey, get me a beer, bitch. Oh my God. But okay, guys, you know, it, I, I see you guys have different energies from this. Do you, <laughs> do you have any sort of fucking, you know, milk of human kindness? Are you well disposed towards this movie in any way? Because I can say that even as we shit on this joint the way that we shit on it there's something i don't know if it's like the the way that it's shot and the craft of it um that i really enjoyed but i did i i I watched it i did i also watched in the most insane condition i woke up at five o'clock this morning (laughs) couldn't sleep i was like yo let me watch showgirls i was watching titties at half five with nuts (laughs) It was like it was like the it was like a fucking um, AA story. Like <laughs> like I knew this was when things went wrong. That's too <laughs> early, man. That's too as early. The, as the sun rose up, <laughs> I saw I saw Elizabeth Berkeley waterboarding herself <laughs> while <laughs> fucking the agent from Twin Peaks. Like this is this is my life now, guys. Um, but do, do you do you not have any like kind of, sort of like vibes towards it? Where you like the stuff that you that you, you you caught from it no I I like this movie a lot I, I find it just fascinating just it is fascinating yeah. though that this is a mainstream dude just can like that fucking blows my mind Hollywood triple like the equivalent of like a triple A game like mm. 
this was gonna be gonna make big money um and not just like be a festival this is something that's gonna make money mm. and it's just like a universal condemnation so with movies like the room or like one some of those so bad they're good movies I feel bad because it's like, oh, it's just an insane person trying something. But for movies like this, it's like every single person knew exactly what they were doing. And it's crazy. Dude, it's, I think, I think that's the duality of the movie, right? Because the costume designer is, has done an amazing job throughout the film and that's something my partner said as well she's like like, and it's just fucking great the actors whether like you like you said earlier to there are two types of actors like i'm gonna have fun with it and i'm really gonna tr- or i'm really gonna fucking try and this is my break they they all turn up 100 percent. the cinematography is good the pacing's yeah. good yeah it's just inherently there is no chance this movie could have ever been good reading a script that's like I like tits. Do you like tits? Yeah, I like my tits. With, How do you with, like them? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? That's what's on the page is so fucking bad, and it, it the characters don't make sense. They kind of like flip flop around. The only character that really makes sense is the protagonist, and she's sitting there being like, "Have you ever eaten dog food?" Yeah, I kind of like my tits. Okay, and again, okay, we have to talk about it because it's the climax of the film. I think this is the problem, right? is that you can enjoy it as a corny like sort of trash movie that's trying like really missing the mark of any female experience in this industry but then it ends in like trigger warning the most horrendously brutal rape that they go oh yeah this is what we hang on this is fucking horrific and violent and like super serious and then it cut, and then we've got like a five-minute revenge sequence where she go, where she goes back to her. Fr- this is her friend, by the way. To anyone who hasn't seen the movie, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley puts her friend in a situation that obviously works out horribly, and then goes and beats the guy up for five minutes. Goes back to her friend's hospital bed. And goes, don't worry, I beat him up, and then just leaves. And it's like you, okay, one, you owe this woman a fuck ton of money b- before any of the negative things have happened to her. Two. Two, that's not enough. That's not like, oh yeah, fucking problem solved. And then the movie kind of ends on this like cowboy riding into the sunset vibe. Like what? I think the, I, I understand why they were going from there. The, I understand that they're going to the point that like this, uh, even though Elizabeth Berkeley has ascended to the top one, like women are still exploited in this industry, whether or not they buy into the exploitation or not is almost kind of immaterial. Cause it's always like, there's always a bigger dude who can who can level up mm. and i do think that was again in a movie that is schlocky as fuck that scene is just like it kicks you out of it it um it high it like heightens the stakes to such an insane degree it the other thing it does do is it it like gives carl mclaughlin like makes his heel turn complete if yeah the head didn't give it away before and um but yeah, it does. It does leave it somewhat ambiguous because I, I, I think there is something in that final shot. The first one starts with um, her. Obviously, in the beginning, it's Las Vegas, X amount of miles away. The movie ends with Los Angeles mm. um, being the final shot. So it's like, is she just gonna continue this somewhere else? 
is she going home like i do think there's something to be said that she's heading in that direction guys we have to start moving on to uh to category um all right here we go uh tim you know friend of the pod you know how this goes uh you are now welcome to give us your uh your first category that we use to compare these guys the instant cancellation that's something that was all right in 95 where it was like mm, nah doesn't work today so what do you have for us tim like oh <laughs> showgirls <laughs> no no either one either one either no, one no no i'm, no, I'm no. saying it too. um no what i, I did did think of the one uh come back to me i'll i'll get it again right i'll i'll jump on the instant cancellation because i agree the entire movie <laughs> of showgirls is cancelable not just by today's standards but by like any audience standards I found it really, and this is interesting, I found it really hard to find an instant cancel in um, Seven, obviously apart from Kevin Spacey, um, because that's something that flew in 1995 but wouldn't in 2020. We get one F-slur, we get one homophobic F-slur out of Brad Pitt because he's upset that he needs to read poetry. (laughs) I'm like, this is... Dude, as is always the the case in this podcast, uh, that was actually my weirdly woke moment. Because um, I would think that Brad Pitt's character would say that a lot more. <laughs> I think one shows a that this guy's enlightened. He's basically like, um, what's the lady who wrote Americana? Like, he's basically like, um, he's basically a strong black woman um, at this point. <laughs> he is the wokest person I've ever met, uh, I've ever seen. Mm. Um, so, but sorry, as you go, do you want to um, go have a go at this one, Tim? I'm because yeah, like Sam, I was trying to find one in um seven and just couldn't. Um, but uh, I think kind of women, two women talking about how they love eating dog food <laughs> is cancelable, but for no particular reason, <laughs> just like it shouldn't exist. yeah my instant cancellation is um the joke from um (laughs) from like the uh she's like a a, a mc at the first strip club and she goes what do you call that bit of flap flap of skin on the outside of a vagina and she goes a woman and i go yep (laughs) yep Yeah, that's there we are. That's the cancel. Yeah, I didn't even re- I didn't even write it down. I was like, oh, I'll remember this. I'll, rem- <laughs> oh, I'll remember this. Um, but yeah, let's go move on to uh, weirdly work moments. Sam, uh, mate, again, uh, there th- there there was a banging one in seven. Uh, I was like, this is the most weirdly work moment. Is once they've got Kevin Spacey in the back of the car, they're driving him to the you know the final scene where we'll get Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box and Kevin Spacey is just going like blam 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 with all his you know righteous smite the sinners shit he winds up Brad Pitt Brad Pitt loses it and he's like you're fucking crazy you're fucking insane you're a lunatic blah blah and Morgan Freeman goes whoa whoa, whoa. it's very dismissive to just call him a lunatic and I was like yeah go on <laughs> that's 
so so woke you're like this guy can commit the seven worst murder or the six worst murders in one suicide ever and you're like well let's not call him crazy hey let's take it down a notch mm. tim i i'm fine if you guys uh talk me out of this one but i'm gonna go for in shokos you right because i i've been thinking about it and i i can't think of another movie where conventionally attractive woman is allowed to eat hmm yes yeah very wise very wise i did not notice that yeah, yeah. you're 100 correct 100 correct see this is why this is why tim tim's career is <laughs> going the way it's going sam and why mm. it's me and you in our respective bedrooms slash other rooms um yeah. oh well we're just trying to figure it out this guy is clearly uh operating on a top level um i i push back on that and i say it clearly shows I've seen Shokos too many times. <laughs> That's true. Um, Freaky Friday. So if you had to swap, um, if you had to swap roles, what would you do? If you had to swap characters between these two movies, I'll tell you who I'm getting in there. Mm. Is um, I'm getting uh, Elizabeth Berkley, the guard. Yeah. I'm getting her and Morgan Freeman to swap roles because that's the only thing you can do is Morgan Freeman getting his um, old black dude body out. (laughs) (laughs) Body like the aliens that drink coffee in Men in Black. Like that body. (laughs) Get that body and just get him a showgirls just bumming everyone out. Um, The paint, the punters leaving one by one. (laughs) Just like, this is is too, this is too much. Like, like, I like, I like, I like titties as much as the next person, but Morgan Freeman getting her, get his titties out is bumming everyone. And again, Elizabeth Berkley, um, just with the same energy, just f- furiously dancing while trying to solve these murders. Just really um, bratty, just like, oh, get me the fucking prince, just throwing fucking evidence all over the ring. All right, last one that we usually have um, on the pod genre blender so if you had to turn these movies change the genres a little bit what would you do so tim what do you have for us if you could switch uh, either one of these movies make it a different type of movie i feel like the obvious one is turn seven into rom-com <laughs> yeah it's obvious <laughs> like so i'm fine keeping the murders as a like side issue <laughs> <laughs> but the real story would be this love affair that just pops up between Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt and they it's fall in love. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> just a sweet story. <laughs> just a sweet story. Dude, I I was thinking of making um this uh basically the pursuit of happiness a uh, struggling uh, aspiring murderer is uh, penny pinching his way um, through murderer school and um, during the day you know works at a uh, pizza place you know 
making little monies on the side, some calzones, and at night, you know, obviously pra- going out practicing is murder. Okay, um, uh, it's been very difficult for him. Um, chiefly, he did not understand the cost of air freshness. <laughs> <laughs> um, how difficult it is to actually murder people um, and really leave your mark. So I would turn that pursuit of happiness style as him standing at the side of the bodega with uh, two bags of um, air freshness just trying to like working girl essentially just like trying to <laughs> climb his way through the ranks I think that would be absolutely beautiful I think you've just written Driller Killer though that is Little the bit, first the first film we did mm, yeah. it's still out there guys episode one it's still out there you know, you know what you also could do you could also do a clubs type movie about the shop that he uses to buy the air fresheners. <laughs> <laughs> We're just having off-topic conversation. How many air fresheners do you reckon you have to use to hide a body smell? <laughs> Your average stormtrooper can't can't kill a heroin addict. Um, did so, you give yours? Did you give no, yours, Sam? So yeah, go ahead. Mine is very specific. Mine, uh, obviously, I have to change showgirls because the world will be a better place for not having this movie. But to not erase history. But I would bend Showgirls ever so slightly into a mockumentary about the making of this fictitiously ridiculous film Showgirls. So that we have like a Heart of Darkness, the Nick Cage Superman type vibe of like, see how crazy these people thought this was for being a good idea? And I want to see that, the breakdown behind cast of of, uh, Paul Paul Verhoeven just being like, no, 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 let me explain to you how a woman feels in this situation. (laughs) I don't think, I don't know how much Verhoeven had to do with it. I think Verhoeven basically was just like, he didn't even, he he just say it like it is on the fucking page. (laughs) Yeah, that's my issue. Because it's, it's, the same screenwriter is the one basic instinct. Mm. It's that screenwriter. Uh, Joe is Joe Esther Esther yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's almost as if his criteria for writing a film was there has to be like a fully naked lady's crotch shot. This is the one common thread in all my movies. It's so weird because he's like he's like a B movie screenwriter that somehow gets mm. budget. No, it's because he did. Um, Basic Instinct, which, yeah. hey, that movie fucks. I love it. I love it. I'll write for that movie. I enjoy it a lot. Um, I'm here for Michael Douglas, um, R.I.P., uh, but he's not dead. Um, <laughs> but I'm here I'm here for, for him and Sharon Stone. Athletically, <laughs> athletically fuck him. Mm. Um, in some satin sheets. But guys, if that's a, it sounds like that's all we have for you guys today. Um, Tim? Is there anything you want to plug? Do you want to shout out while you're here? Probably, but not really, <laughs> no. Alright, I don't know why you... Why this guy's oh, yeah. making it like we've, like we've put it on him. <laughs> like we've, we've done this to, done this to spite him. Oh, I, I... So, I'm not sure, but I think my TV show's on... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You think it got taken off for a while, but I, I think they just put it. All back right, on. check your, uh, check your iPlayer. Check and, iPlayer. Uh, don't, don't, don't give him the name of the show though, Tim. Don't let him find out what the I, name is. Check your iPlayer. Well, I want the 
Look, it's lockdown. <laughs> Check your iPlayer. If Go you see someone adventure. who looks like Tim, you'd be like, that guy looks like he could be called Tim Rencraft. Um, but like, uh, Jerk is the name of is the <laughs> name of Tim's show, which he uh, very um, very weirdly just forgot. Um, but he's <laughs> proud of it. It's, you check it out. Um, <laughs> check, yeah, it's check it out. Show. Yeah, it's a good show. This yeah. is proper, like uh, Sam. This is proper, like Hollywood shit, though. Like when you, like, oh, you remember the names of the things you make? <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, how gauche! Like, mm. you know, like as soon as I make it, I just forget about it. Never talk. <laughs> Where you, you can't bring up any of the things that you've done. Sam, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Tim, say goodbye to the people. Bye, peeps. All right, check you guys next time. <laughs>